Hi, you're listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist Church. These resources are not designed to take the place of a local church, but we hope they will encourage you on your journey with Christ. For more information about how you can connect with the Second Family, visit mysecond.family. This sermon was delivered live at our West Conway campus. Thanks for listening. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. You know, one of the things that I can already tell, you can tell about me, you know, and it's nothing that I can do, but it's kind of unique about me, but I am short. Uh, my, my, my dad was 6'2", and my mom was 4'10", and guess what? I didn't get any of my dad's genes. I got all of my mom, so I kind of got it from my mom, you know, and so, but at the end of the day, God has created me short. You know, I work with student ministry, and one of the things that they so look forward in being able to do in student ministry is pass me in their height. And so they're like, yeah, I passed you. And so, you know, congratulations, whatever. And so I'm probably one of the shortest student ministers all across the United States of America, but you know, guess how God created me. And so five foot two, that's what I'm talking about. But Come on, that's what I'm talking about. But there is something else that's unique about me. I count my numbers weird. Now, how many of you would say that you count your numbers starting with your left hand? In the room, how many of you say that you start with your left hand? I would fall in that category. I start counting my numbers with my left hand. Most people start with their right hand. But... It even goes a little step further. The way that I count is super unique. Here's how I do it. I go, starting with my left hand, one, it's not weird, that's not weird. Two, still not weird, here it comes. Three. That's how I do my three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's just how I've always done it. It's weird, I know. And so I thought you would uh, try it out with me. And so everybody, stick out your left hand. Got to start with your left hand. Left hand. Left hand. Ready? Here we go. One, two, here it goes. Three, four, five. How weird was that? It was pretty weird, wasn't it? And not to me, because that's what I've done all my life, but I'm so thankful that you joined in with me. Now, we're gonna do it one more time, just one more time. And I want us to stop at the number three and just embrace the awkwardness. Here we go. Ready? Everybody show me your, your hands. Here we go. One, two, stop here at three. Just embrace it. Take it in. Now, with your hands still holding up, I want you to now look at your hand this way. Now, it actually spells something, and I just want to let you know I deceived you. Now, with your hands still holding, you will be able to see a word with your hand. Your index finger and your middle finger creates a V. Your ring finger and your thumb creates an O. And your pinky creates an L. You all just said, go Vols. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Woo, Rocky Top, come on. And so, (laughs) but here's the point. I know that there's probably nobody in this room besides me that's a Tennessee Volunteers fan. 
but I just deceived you. Because the reality is I don't count my numbers that way. I start with my right hand and I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's how I count my numbers. But we're gonna see in this passage in Thessalonians chapter two, Second Thessalonians chapter two, where the Thessalonians are being deceived. And so if you have your Bibles, Second Thessalonians chapter two is where we're gonna be this morning. We're gonna start in verse one. It says this, it says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this. And you know what currently restrains him? So that you will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders, serving the lie, and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace. And I pray in the next few moments, as we have read this passage, your word, God, I pray that you will now teach us something new and fresh. God, I pray in the next few moments that we would solely focus on you, that you would begin to challenge us, that you would convict us, and that most importantly, that we would obey what you are calling us to do. So have your way, move me aside, and God, you speak. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. So in this passage, we see that Paul is talking to the Thessalonians, and the Thessalonians are worried and upset. They're worried and upset because they have been deceived. They have been told that Jesus has already come back, that the rapture has happened, and they're saying that they are now living in the tribulation time. Well, you and I both know that that is completely false. They have been deceived. And Paul already alludes to them as saying, hey, this is going to happen. Don't be so easily upset. Don't be so easily discouraged about this. It's gonna happen. And being reminded that God is in control. And so 
there are three different deception topics in this passage. And the first deception topic is this, and we see this really from the jump. And it's they are being deceived by lies. They are being deceived by lies. We're really going to see this verses 1 through 5. Verse 1, it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. The Thessalonians are being told that they have missed the rapture and that they're living in the tribulation times. And Paul is saying, hey, don't get so bent out of shape about this. Paul says in verse two, do not be easily upset. Paul again says in verse two, don't be easily troubled. Well, they're upset and they're troubled because they've been lied to. They have been told, they've been deceived that Jesus has already come back. And Paul continues and shows us three different ways that this news may come about. The first one is prophecy. The second one is a message. Or the third one is a letter about the lie that Jesus has come back and the man of lawlessness has been revealed. So somebody writing, somebody telling, or somebody speaking directly to them have been going on and they've been engaging in this false assumption that Jesus has returned. They're gonna pretend that the disciples are followers of Jesus. And that's why Paul says in this passage that they have supposedly, supposedly. And I would think this, where are you thinking about some wrong things that people are saying? Think about the news. Think about social media. At the end of the day, we're going to see that, and Paul says this in verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way. Don't be Deceive. So clearly we see in verses one through three that they have been lied to. At the end of verse three, it says, for that day will not come unless the apostasy, rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. So recap, through a message, through a prophecy, through a letter, they have been saying that the man of lawlessness has been revealed and Jesus has returned. Well, what is our response? What is Paul trying to get across to the Thessalonians about not being so easily upset, about not being so easily troubled? He is basically saying, hey, we gotta get back to the scriptures. We gotta know the scripture. We gotta study the scripture. We gotta know what God's word says. And Paul even says, hey, don't you remember that when I was still with you, we gotta remember that Paul was with the Thessalonians just for a little bit before he departed. And he said, hey, this is going to happen. I've already told you so. 
But we gotta be reminded that God's word is true. Matthew 24, 36, it says, but about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but God the Father. So here, God's word said, this is Jesus speaking in Matthew 24. He's saying, nobody knows when Jesus is gonna return. Nobody, you can't have a hint about when Jesus is coming back. But here's something that we do know. We're one day closer. Jesus is gonna come back and we're one day closer. So what does that mean for us? Well, the mission still stays the same. Love one another. Care for one another. Go and make disciples of all nations, of all race, all ethnicity, about the name of Jesus Christ. The mission still stays the same, and we have work to do. We gotta grow and mature in our walk with the Lord. We continue to press on until the Lord calls us home by us breathing our last or Jesus returns. The mission still stays the same. Second Timothy 3.16, it says this. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. Every single word in the Bible is from the Lord. So what does that mean? It is true. It is error-free. So when we get deceived by things that may be contrary to God's word, we have to go back to the scripture. We have to go back to God's word. So don't be deceived by the lies. Believe scripture. Don't be deceived by the lies. Don't be deceived by what social media may say or the news say or maybe even a friend of yours that doesn't know Jesus, what they say. Go always go back to what the scripture says. The second thing that the Thessalonians are being deceived by is really found in six through 10. Really, it's kind of one or one through eight um, is this. They're being deceived by worry. I keep going back to they're being troubled, they're upset, but we're really gonna see this in six through 10 and kind of a response and maybe an answer to this worry that they have. And it says this in verse six, and you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. You can see really from verse one through eight about worry, but here is something that the Lord revealed to me is that God is in control. 
God is in control no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, no matter what you have been told. At the end of the day, God is in control. There has never been a time where God has not been in control. God knows exactly, even the minute details that's going on. He even knows uh, all the things that may be going on in your life that you're worried about. He knows the outcome. He knows the situation. We just got to trust and obey him. But I want to zero in on verse 8. I want to zero in and focus our attention on verse 8. And it says this, the Lord Jesus will destroy him. Here it is, with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing. Y'all, God is so powerful. God isn't worried about what's going on in the world. Listen, God is in control. God can bring things to an end in his timing. Be reminded that God understands. But I also want to zero in and focus at the end of this. He will bring him to, he would, uh, with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his, the last word, coming. The word coming in Greek in this context is parousia. And parousia is basically, uh, means presence, it's physical proximity. There is three times this word is used in the, second, in the book of 2 Thessalonians alone, 24 times in the New Testament. I want to emphasize physical proximity because here's the deal. Jesus is coming back physically. Jesus will come back in his timing. Jesus will come back. And at the end of the day, he is the king of kings. He is the ruler of all. He is the name above all names. And at the end of the day, Jesus is king and so our response to worry maybe there's something that's going on in our lives our response is to go back don't be deceived by worry go back and believe that God is sovereign that Jesus Christ is in control that he is the supreme ruler of all things So the first deception is don't be deceived by the lies. Believe in the scripture. The second is don't believe by the worry. God is in control. God is sovereign. Believe that. And then the third thing that we see is pride. Now, I am a very prideful person. You know, I've only been here for two months and we're loving Conway, trying to get used to the roundabouts. Y'all, that's just, I'm learning, you just gotta go. But one of the things, and I'm learning. If you see me stop, I'm panicking, all right? Just give me grace. But one of the foreign places for me to go to here in Conway, there's two kind of businesses and they're kind of the same Uh, just kind of different name and owned by different people but here it is it's um, this place is foreign to me Lowe's and Home Depot y'all I um, if I break something in my house it's broke I can't fix it 
I am the worst handyman. If you need help with fixing something, don't call me. If you need me to break something, call me. I will help you. But I don't know anything, where anything is in Home Depot or Lowe's. And I remember going into Lowe's and I was trying to find this particular thing and I could not find it. And I'm going up and down the aisles, you know, I see electrical and I see tools and all that stuff. You know, I'm not even listening or looking at that or whatnot. I'm trying to go up and down the rows, trying to find it. And I refuse to ask for help. Nuh-uh. I'm going to try to find it on my own. Well, fast forward, I've probably made about four or five trips around Lowe's, still can't, still can't find the thing. And my wife is going ballistic. She's like, why don't you just ask somebody? And sure enough, as she asks that question, I find it. I'm in the aisle. It's just, God just ordains me to be in this aisle. But I refuse to ask for help. How many of you are like that? You just won't ask for help. You just try to find it yourself. Thank you, I appreciate it. I'm not by myself. I remember yesterday, y'all, I've been nervous kind of all week. Uh, and uh, yesterday, uh, I came here to the church and I was gonna practice my sermon and I got on the stage right here, but there was an issue, a huge issue. I could not figure out how to turn the lights on in this place. I couldn't figure. There, there's light switches around the, the walls. Y'all, I, it wouldn't turn on. I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. I've taken my flashlight, shining them on the walls, trying to figure it out. Can't do it. So the next best option that I had was this. I ended up getting the podium like this, and I took my phone, and I set it right here, and I shined the flashlight out like this. And I, it only like lit up like the first like three seats right here. But it was the best thing that I could do. And then I started to like practice and I'm trying to like walk around the podium and stuff. And then I realized I could see from the flashlight, I got super close to the steps. Y'all, it's dark in here. And I'm like, I better not do this. And I refuse, we have so many ministers here that could tell me, deacons, I'm sure many of you could probably tell me how to turn on the lights, but I refuse to ask because I just, I, didn't, I wanted to figure it out on my own and this was the next best option. It was an off day for everybody. It's the weekend, you know, people are hanging out with their family and stuff. And I was just like, I'm not doing it. But at the end of the day, pride sits in with me. Verse 10, it says this. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned, those who did not believe the truth but delighted in unrighteousness. All I can think about in this passage is that if you don't accept an opportunity to believe in Jesus, to have the opportunity to spend forever Eternity with Jesus, where streets are gold, where there is no sin, where you get to look face to face with the creator of the universe. Pride is just in the way. You think that you're good enough? You think that you can do it on your own? You can make the decision? 
And it clearly says, Paul says that in verse 10, they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and be saved. Don't be prideful. Accept Jesus if you haven't already. So the three takeaways that I have for you this morning is don't be deceived by the lies. Believe the scriptures. Don't be deceived by worry. Believe God is sovereign. Don't be deceived by pride. Believe in Jesus and the salvation that he is offering you. Like I said earlier, I've only been here for two months. And uh, about three months ago, I, uh, I had to start doing this thing because I ended up getting voted in in early February and uh, got the news that we were officially gonna be moving to Conway. And we had to do this thing called move. Now, how many of you have ever moved in your life? Y'all, I hate moving. I, I, I had to figure out a, a moving truck and that was a disaster and people wouldn't respond back. And I'm like, I'm trying to give you business and they would never call me back. And we had to get these things called boxes and they're like everywhere and had to get them. And then we got this tape dispenser and that thing didn't work. And so literally we just unraveled the tape and then cut it with scissors and then like pat it and try to get it as tight as we could. Every bit of moving, this was just, I hate moving. And this was really the first time that I've ever moved like super far in my life. But I remember getting here to Conway and we were met by about 20 different people from this church ready to get things off of the moving truck. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. I got to meet people and, you know, they, I don't know them. I know that y'all know me because you've been voting on me and you've been hearing like our video and stuff and I'm trying to get to know people and stuff. But I remember we finally got all the, the furniture and stuff in our house. And, and, and But Michaela and I, we were sitting on the, the couch one night in our living room and we just... We're kind of talking, we're just like, it still doesn't feel like home. It just, it still feels empty. And we started talking, and both of us, we like being outside, and we started noticing, we were like, what if we put furniture outside on our patio? And so we started thinking about this, and we both were like, that's a good idea. And so we believed that this would make it feel like home. And so because of that, we had to make a purchase. And so we made a purchase and finally the furniture of, of, of being on the patio, we finally built it and we received it at our house and we were able to set it out on our patio. And now we get to watch TV outside and it won't be much longer because I'm learning about the Arkansas heat in the summer. And so I don't know how much we're gonna do that in the summer. But I remember us watching TV one night and it really just felt like home. Like the furniture, us receiving the furniture, that was really the point where Michaela and I felt like this feels like home. It's not just 
a building in Conway and started putting decorations and rugs and things like that, but the furniture was really the ticket for us. Well, here's the point. The Bible says that we just can't believe, just believe. James 2.19, it says this. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Not only do we need to believe, we need to receive. And I don't know where you are today, but when you accept Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit residing in you, He gives you peace. He gives you comfort. He reminds you that he is with you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you. And the Thessalonians forgot that. They were so upset because they were so deceived. People were quitting their jobs because they were thinking about Jesus has already returned back. Well, he hasn't yet. He's coming. But really, verse 10 through 12 is a disturbing verse. You will perish. You will perish if you don't know Jesus. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. It's just a matter of when. Don't be deceived by lies. Don't be deceived by worry. Don't be deceived by pride. Believe in the scriptures. Believe that God is in control. And believe in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location, and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family. Thank you for listening.